fires it. It's a wide open! Remarkable! Touchdown! Buffalo! Davis again! This is... Uh, it just is impossible! Gets out of the pocket. We know how dangerous he is with his legs, and there he goes. Josh Allen, huge run across the 30-yard line. It's two builds in a pod with Daniel Hahn and Jordan McGee on Sports War Radio. And with that, welcome back to another episode of Two Bills in a Pod. Jordan McGee, Daniel Hahn here with you. We are rolling on with the offseason. We've got another My Favorite Mock going on and lots to talk about with the Bills, NFL news and notes and everything in between. Uh, Daniel, how are you doing? It, it is weird. You know, we're not having football anymore, so it's just kind of this empty space we're craving for some content uh the scouting combine is coming up here rather soon so we'll have that but we're kind of in this lull uh before the storm in terms of free agency and the draft so uh we're kind of seeing if we can fill our appetite with nfl content but how are you daniel how are things with you i know uh no football. My life is it makes me a little bit antsy, a little bit uncomfortable. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. That you know, the excitement around me is you know, does anyone else get as excited in Indianapolis for Jim Bob Cooter being the new offensive coordinator of the Colts? Um, and again, credentials be damned. It's a fun name. It's a fun name to say, and that's really where I'm at. That's the excitement for NFL that that's got me going a little bit. Um, but it's been a long season. You've had the Bills, who had a crazy up-and-down season, I think, for lack of a better word. Um, and now you're kind of – it is a lull. Maybe it's a needed lull. It needed a lull to catch your breath and kind of figure out where the Bills are going in the draft and free agency. There's a lot of financial decisions. This is big ball or bean season. It's not for everybody. Um, you got to read through the, the social media. Jordan, I don't know if I want to call it nonsense. But it's like, yeah, the Bills should get Derrick Henry. Well, that's, mm. yeah, I'd like Derrick Henry, but I don't know how you're going to pay for him. <laughs> uh, same with DeAndre Hopkins. And Robert Woods is in there now that he's been cut. You know, oh, Taylor Lewan was cut by the Titans. Just add him. Um, you know, there's, there's not this, like, unlimited George Steinbrenner, Yankee-style, like, unlimited cap. That's not how the NFL works. And the Bills, the last time I checked, they're still over the cap. They still have to find a way to get under the cap. So they're not, like, you know, in a great position anyway. So you've got to shift through all of that. But you know what? There are things happening. There's coaching moves happening, which, which does have some impacts. And we'll talk about a couple, um, you know, later to this podcast. We want to talk about Eric Bieniemy going to the Washington Commanders. What does that mean for them and the Chiefs? Um, you know, funny thing about that is Sam Howell's our guy. Uh, didn't think I'd hear that one, no. but you'd also got you know some cut some cut candidates. So teams are trying to make space in their salary caps. The Bills are going to be part of that at some point. You know, maybe not as big of names as what we've seen today, but more to come. Um, I'm always fascinated by the coaching carousel. Maybe you know I don't know Jordan if you've been following the the Broncos defensive. Court. Church. Rex Ryan was in that one at one point in time. <laughs> uh, and then they ended up with their former head coach, Vance Joseph, is their defensive coordinator. Like, so, okay, so you went from Rex Ryan to former head coach Vance Joseph. Is that awkward for Vance Joseph? Is he just like cool guy hanging out? Like, I used to be head coach. Now I get same money, less, less responsibilities. Um, so everything here, Jordan, is fine. I'm I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited for the Bills to kind of get going. But you know what? If they don't, I'm fine with a little lull. I'm fine with a break. I'm just trying to, to pace myself and, and going through my expectations because I think it's going to land where you and I have been talking for a while. It's going to be pretty boring free agency. There might be some names. There might not be. There may be Bramie, just one thing crazy. But don't expect much from free agency. I think the draft is where – the elite talent has to come from for this team this year. Yeah, I would say the first thing that's on the horizon is the, I think it started this week, uh, that all NFL teams have essentially two weeks to place their franchise tags. So, you know, in the next week or two, we'll be watching out to see, you know, who will the Bills use the franchise tag on? 
Um, that's going to be, you know, again, an interesting move, right? You know, um, who will they use it on? Do they use it on Tremaine? Do they use it on Jordan Poyer? You know, remains to be seen. Um, I think also, too, the thing that we'll be watching out for in these next few weeks are um, contract restructuring, um, particularly, I think, with Josh Allen and Von Miller, uh, because, you know, in order to free up cap space, you know, we're going to have to shift some money around. You know, I like the analogy of people like, oh, I like Derrick Henry. I'm like, okay, where are we going? How are you going to pay for it? You know, like you're going to the grocery store and like, you're like, oh, I want like, you know, the, I want double stuffed Oreos. We don't have the money for double stuffed Oreos. Got to find a way to pay for those double stuffed Oreos. Um, so yeah, like, are you, are you telling me Jordan that Brandon Bean doesn't have like a Kroger plus card for Derrick Henry that he can just splash and then like, it's like, 10% off the contract. Yeah, you know, the budget's a little bit tight at Kroger's, you know? He's going to have to a little shop smartly, you know? Got to get a bang for your buck kind of off-season for Brandon Bean. I mean, you know, the first thing that, like, if Josh Allen restructures his deal, I think that be- I believe that saves, like, about uh, anywhere in the range of, I think, uh, $12 million in cap space. Um, it's just shifting some of that money into the bonus, you know, kind of backloading that Josh Allen deal, but kind of clearing up some room. Um, same thing with Vaughn Miller, restructuring his deal could save about $10 million to the cap. Um, Stephon Diggs could also be in that conversation, although his would be about maybe $5 million uh, to the cap. So I think you're going to see here in the next few weeks, we're going to be looking out for, will the Bills use their franchise tag, which they will, um, especially with this kind of offseason. And, you know, looking out for the restructuring of deals for guys like Josh Allen and Vaughn Miller, because that is going to be the, the easiest way that they can start to clear up cap space immediately um, to start kind of making the room that they need to, to re-sign the guys that they need to, and then potentially bring in outside, you know, free agents to help out. So those are the two things I think we need to be watching out here for uh, here in the next few weeks. Yeah, and I think they have to do that. They're going to have to make cuts along the way. I mean, I just looked it up. They're eighteen million over the cap right now. Right. So you can't sign anyone, or you have to do some summer cuts and all those types of things. Uh, there's definitely going to be restructuring. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Von Miller. Those are the big contracts that you think would be the most likely to shift some of it to guarantees, give them front loaded, and even Josh Allen's contract. He knows like. He's getting guaranteed money. That's a good thing for him. When you talk about the franchise tag, I've always been curious about, I think you use that, yes, when you when you know you can't, you know, you put someone on that, they don't sign it per se, and then you have more time to negotiate. If you think you're going to get a deal done, you do it. But you look at the salaries of some of those things. I think it was like for, for Tremaine Edmonds, if you put him on the franchise tag, that's like $20 million, like right away. That's one year, $20 million, or or Jordan Poyer's like $18 million. Wouldn't it just make more sense to work out a long-term deal where that annual value is less than that? Like give them guarantees, and you're not paying them 20 million in one sitting when you don't have to, when you're already basically 20 million over the cap. It doesn't make sense to to do the franchise tag unless, of course, hey, we're going to put them on the franchise tag, but really we're going to work on a long-term deal, you know, into the spring, and we think we're close to getting one. I just don't think that they're going to do that because of those annual values. You can't really move franchise tag money around that much. And it, it makes sense for Jordan Poyer because he's north of 30 to put him on one because maybe you don't want to sign him to a four- or five-year deal, but you want to put him on that one-year deal. But even to do that, you got to find the money to, to put him on that type of contract. And I just don't know where you get it and address some of your other needs that you have in, in, on the roster. And today, Jordan, We'll kind of begin our roster position-by-position breakdown. We can start easy today. We'll start quarterback. We know that that's going on. We can preview some of the free agents that the Bills might look after if they want to add anybody. We can also look into the draft if there's any one possibility to, to look at there. And then we can, also go, uh, we can also go to one of the safety positions, too. Again, a little more active to talk about, but kind of warm up into our off-season mode here where we're going to preview – who the free agents are possibly there on the Bills' radar, as well as maybe some of the draft picks that are possibly on the Bills' radar in a couple of positions, along with our favorite mock. Um, but before we get there, Jordan, the Bills did make news this week. Uh, let's, not, let's not sleep on the fact that they've been making signings still. Oh, and in yeah. case you're wondering, 
who are you talking about? Yeah, I oh, forgot yeah. for a second. They, they said, <laughs> Jordan, Poir- Jordan Poirier be damned. We got ourselves a safety. The Bills have signed off the Chiefs practice squad to a two-year deal. Safety Zane Johnson. He uh, He's an undrafted free agent on BYU in 2021. Um, you know, I know people are saying, well, here's the Jordan Poirier replacement. <laughs> Let's not jump the gun here on that one. Let's not... Um, you know, it's a two-year deal, yes. Um, I haven't seen financials for this deal um, anywhere because it's a very small, small deal. Oh, there it is. Two-year, $1.995 million. So, like, $1 million a year is what he's getting. Um, Jordan, it's a depth move. You have a lot of people that got injured at safety. You have a lot of free agents at safety. We still don't know what DeMar Hamlin's future holds. We still don't know. Even Micah Hyde coming back, he was very close to returning. But you need depth there. You need people that fit your system. The system of the Chiefs run is similar to the Bills. This is a guy who wasn't necessarily platooned out there. You know, they've been addressing addressing their safeties through the draft and free agency. He had an injury, so he's kind of played a little bit. He's been injured. It's not a replacement for Jordan Poyer. If it is, great if it works out, but they're not – thing here it's not like bye jordan don't let the good the door hit you on the way out we got zane anderson for two years that's not what this is but it shows you the type of signings i think that you and i expect them to make there's going to be more zane anderson's added to this roster throughout the offseason yeah i i think anyone who's saying that he is a replacement to jordan poyer is quite literally laughable um but again like it's it's a practice squad guy you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll dive into the safety position here shortly. Um, you know, listen, it, it, it's the start of a long offseason process. Um, they're going to make moves. They're going to have to really work their financials. Brandon Breen's going to be, you know, at his desk, crunching the numbers with a calculator, really trying to kind of make this work uh, and try to get, you know, under the cap um, or – yeah, try to get under the cap and make some of these financial moves work. So you take a flyer on a guy who, you know, on a real cheap, cheap deal, if he works out, hey, great, you look like a genius. If not, well, we really didn't spend that much money on him. So, uh, you know, remains to be seen if he even actually is going to play. Um, but he's a practice squad guy. Sure. Zany Anderson, welcome to Buffalo. Uh, hooray. The next Jordan player, he's, he's out. No. Goodbye, Jordan. We no. don't need you anymore. We got Zane Anderson. He's proven it on the practice squad of the Chiefs. Um, we've seen all the film. We're good to go. Nothing to see here. You've seen the film? Um, take your $20 million and run. Well, I'm sure the practice film is – and you read it and Sean McDermott are friends. I got to share that, you know? Did they share a highlight reel <laughs> of the, the practice film. squad tape of Zane Anderson, like with music and like well, little cuts? I mean, if Belichick can see it, why can't the rest of us? That's, that's <laughs> where I come out. I mean, it works that way. Um, you know, you know what's interesting to me, too, is the fact that the Bills got Jordan Porter. He wasn't Zane Anderson, but he wasn't like he was a surefire. Like, when they paid him a pretty big contract to be the starter in Buffalo, it wasn't like he was this proven commodity that was like a certainty to be what he is now, right? He developed into that. He fit the perfect system. He had the perfect running mate and Micah Hyde, who was maybe the more heralded of the two when he came over from Green Bay. But, you know, if you see qualities and traits in a guy like this that you, you know, from BYU, there's plenty of film on him there. He has played a couple NFL games, preseason games as well. You know, you, you take a flyer, you see what you can do with him, you put him in your system, you put him next to different people, and you never know what happens. I'm just saying I don't expect him to get, like, starter reps day one there there, there's more work to do at the safety position but it is a signing and again sift through the noise it's not by jordan poyer let's see if we can afford Tremaine Edmonds now it's not that um but other than that jordan you know it's been pretty quiet on bill's front um most of their coaching hires have been made haven't really done much since we last recorded uh sean mcdermott's getting inducted to the william and mary hall of fame that's great and kudos to him I think it's a uh, prestigious coaching university for the NFL at this point. Hopefully, Mike Tomlin's front row. Um, but otherwise, I wanted—I do want to dive into the kind of the, the the 
depth of this team and let's go position groups. Um, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about who the Bills have on the roster. Um, we know they're 18 million over the cap, so things will be made. But I think it's easy enough to start with the quarterback position, who's coming, who's going, who's a veteran free agent that maybe you know you think is realistic that the Bills will take, or maybe someone unrealistic that Brandon Bean will just go crazy for. Um, and also the draft, you know, there's possibilities they can address any of these positions in the draft too. And maybe more likely than not that that's a place that you and I will probably say, yep, go to the draft because, you know, <clears throat> there's a name of merit. Um, when we get to tight end, if you want to put Dalton Schultz out there, you know, again, just like Derrick Henry, find me the money. Um, great addition, but not sure how you're going to pay 10 million a year for another tight end. Uh, so let's start with quarterback and warm ourselves up because it should go pretty easy, right? This is a, a flashy position, Jordan. Um, we have one quarterback for sure returning, and that is um, some guy named Josh. He's, yeah, a, he's a golfer, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but Josh Allen is going to come back to the Bills. He's <clears throat> got currently right now, it looks like a $39 million cap hit north of that a little bit. Um, like you said, there's going to be a restructuring where some that's going to go to guarantees. You're going to drop that. I don't know if you'll drop it as much as you can, but you're definitely going to drop it to a more not manageable because it's already on there, but a, an amount that helps you maybe address some of the other things around Josh Allen. The other person that's under contract still, um, Matt Barkley. He's still around a little over $1 million. So not like a huge cap hit if you cut him, but do you really want to cut him? You kind of, you save 800000 I guess. Um, but otherwise, Case Keenum was a one-year deal. He is a free agent. So, you know, I'll start here. The performance of Josh Allen is easy to say, yep, we're good here. We don't need to really address that that main cog all that much. But, 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 I, there's been over the last couple of years an emphasis on the backup quarterback position. They had Mitchell Trubisky. They had Case Keenum. If something were to happen to Josh Allen, they really want to have a veteran to go in there that can kind of keep this ship running or at least keep it afloat and give them a chance. Um, is Matt Barkley that guy? I, mm. it's, you know, up to you to tell me. Um, or do you think they're going to bring in another quarterback? But I will say at a minimum, let's assume they're going to go three quarterbacks on this roster. Maybe Matt Barkley's number two. Maybe he's back into being number three. But three quarterbacks is about what this team will have, even if one of them is on practice squad. So, Jordan, I guess if you want to elaborate on what they do with the current quarterbacks, you can. But I don't think Matt Barkley is going anywhere. I think he's pretty safe. Um, 800000 is nice, but you're going to pay that to a rookie or someone else. So let's start with the free agents. Um, you know, Derek Carr's out there. Baker Mayfield's out there. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo's out there. I don't see them bringing in. Um, Lamar Jackson for a visit, but you tell me, what do you think is a logical um, backup if they go the veteran free agent route or um, and then we'll go to rookies after that if you think that's the more likely approach. I mean, so there there are two guys that I look at free agency. Um, I agree with you, Matt Barkley on the roster is going to be safe, but I am not convinced that he is the backup quarterback that the Bills are hoping for. Um, I think the Bills... You know, we think thankfully Josh Allen's been fine, but there is a God forbid a point uh, if God forbid he's hurt that you really need to prepare and plan. Um, and there's two guys that I, I look at. I think one is Sam Darnold. I know he has struggled mightily uh, in his career, especially in Carolina. Um you know, he kind of went back and forth as a starter and then got rotated in. I think it might serve him best to be that backup quarterback for Josh Allen, which I know in such a bizarre world, if you talked about 2018, <laughs> if we're like, yeah, Sam Darnold's going to be the backup quarterback for the Bills, we'd be like confused and like be like, what? Um, but I feel like you can get him pretty cheap. He is not going to command a lot of money on the market. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold and Josh Allen have a, you know, pretty, you know, solid friendship from what we've seen too as well. So they have a familiarity with one another. Um, and I think Sam Darnold needs to rehabilitate his image uh, if he wants to maybe, you know, uh, 
get another shot at starting. So he could take the Mitch Trubisky route and just say, I'm going to come here for a year. I'm going to, you know, back up to Allen, you know, try to work out my game and get another shot as a starter. Um, or um, the other name, this one's a little bit more unrealistic, um, but I think it would just be such a troll job. Uh, Mike White. Now, I know that he's had some pretty good games, but um, if you're an NFL team and you're looking at, okay, for teams who are looking at starting quarterbacks, Mike White's not on that list. You know, teams are going to be going after like Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or a Daniel Jones, right? Um, Mike White is still a backup quarterback. Um, And I don't necessarily believe he's going to command a lot of money even though this, he had some performances that were impressive, I don't think that's enough for him to command starting NFL quarterback money. So, again, if you can make the money work, maybe Mike White could be a solid option because we saw him coming in as a backup in New York, and he certainly has been um, capable as a backup quarterback. Um, again, it's sort of what is he asking for in free agency, you know, versus, you know, uh, again, like the reality. Again, I don't think a lot of teams are going to be ponying up for Mike White uh, as a starter, but as a backup, I think he's definitely a hot commodity. Um, so I look at Sam Darnold and Mike White as two guys that are potentials. Uh, Sam Darnold a little bit more than Mike White. Uh, if they're going to go the free agency route, just because I feel like those guys are going to be more or less under a cheaper deal and they're they're younger and you feel okay like these could be some solid backup qb options yeah i do like the troll job of mike white um that would be hilarious to me uh you know there's a couple guys on there that are like sam darnold is obvious that that he should do a rehabilitation with with buffalo it maybe it helps josh allen maybe distracts him further you never know what that what that dynamic is but Sam Darnold, he played decently, but is there going to be a starting job out there for him? Is there even a job that he should compete for? Um, you look at some of the rookie quarterbacks, if there's a guy you want to develop behind, maybe Sam Darnold, sort of. I don't know. But, you know, Mitch Trubisky took like a one-year, $2 million deal to come to Buffalo. Is that really what Sam Darnold's going to do with his career? I'm not positive. It would make a lot of sense. I wouldn't be against it. it it's a safe bet. Um, and when I look at the free agents, I'm – you're looking at guys like that. Do you want to do a Sam Darnold, maybe an Andy Dalton, you know, a guy who played pretty decently for the Saints and has a, a rich history with the Buffalo Bills, if I do say so. But, you know, it's probably going to be a veteran person like that. I think Andy Dalton makes some sense, considering he only made $3 million last year with New Orleans. The only other guy that I'm kind of like, again, I'm not joking, but I kind of am because it's going to sound that way. Maybe Gardner Minshew, uh, just another kind of lower-level price tag veteran quarterback who's played in the NFL, has started some games. And again, you don't want Gardner Minshew starting for 10 games. I don't want Andy Dalton or Sam Darnold starting for 10 games. But if it's a two-game stretch here, three-game stretch, or, or dinged-up Josh Allen, give him a break before a bye, one start here, those are guys that can win at any point in time, and I'm more than comfortable with them giving it, you know, the old college try. Give it a shot, young buck. You never know what might happen. And there's enough weapons, or there should be enough weapons on this Bills offense and defense to support those players for what they want to do. And they're all good locker room guys, right? I haven't, even though Sam Darnold has had his issues, I haven't heard of his teammates quitting on him. I've never heard of that with Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew. So those are the types of guys I'm looking at. Mike White, you know, he's on the Hall of Fame, man. I don't know if we can get Hall of Famers to be backups right now for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal stance, and again, I, realistically, veteran is coming in here. Matt Barkley is going to be the third quarterback. They're going to draft someone late in the draft. He's going to be practice squad if they can hide him. Um, but realistically, what I but unrealistically, <clears throat> I wouldn't mind using a draft pick on some of these later round quarterbacks who, again, you can play the one-year Band-Aid dance with the backup like they've been doing with Trubisky and Keenum and add whoever else you want to the mix, which probably is what's going to happen. Or, you know, I really do like Max Duggan. Mm. I really do think Stetson Bennett won a lot of games. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's great. He's like, what, 25 already. But if you're telling me that you're picking a day three pick to be your third string quarterback or hopefully second string quarterback, 
Why not take a shot? I, I still believe they were trying to do that with Jake Fromm. Giants grabbed him off the practice squad. And again, is he great? No. But you're just trying to groom a backup who can come in for a game or two and not wreck the whole house, right? Um, and I think those are guys that have won at the, at the collegiate level that can do some things that maybe translate to being a long-term backup. Max Duggan has some legs where you can still do some of the things Josh Allen does. Nobody is Josh Allen. So let's not say that you're going to run a bunch of RPOs and, and just say, hey, why don't you go truck over some people on the left side of the line? That's not a thing. Those are guys that had some really good senior years that, hey, I, Stetson Bennett's going to, someone's going to take them. And I think the fact that they've been able to win at a high level at least says if there's a late game situation, these are guys you can trust and not turn the ball over and not make mistakes and let the other guys play for you. So those are two guys in the draft that I like. My favorite guy in the draft who the Bills shouldn't take, but someone's going to take him. Favorite quarterback in this draft for me is probably, wait for it, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. <gasps> um, massive, going this way. Bills ain't going to draft a quarterback in the first round, so I'm ignoring some of these people. Uh, but Hendon Hooker coming off a massive injury, I think that's one of those Jalen Hurts types that if he gets in the right place with the right coaching staff and the right system, you know, he comes back off that injury. He's not a first-round pick. He's kind of looming back there. That's a guy who lit it up in college football this year that can do a lot of different things, and I think it's one of those players that you have to watch out for. Bills probably won't take him because I don't think he falls to day three, but you never know. But I think day three is a place, or even late day two, if someone's really falling, that you go and maybe get your long-term backup who can do the things that these veterans we're talking about will do. Your Kentucky Wildcat fandom might be revoked. Your Where is your love for Will Levis, even though the Bills have 0% chance of drafting him? Gasp, gazooked, bamboozled, shocked, I will say. How about, how about this, Jordan? A, like I said, we're not taking Will Levis here in this podcast because that ain't happening, but... I'll say I also saw Hendon Hooker just torch Kentucky. And, and you know what? If, if he's going to torch anyone, let's have it be in a Bills uniform from this point forward. How about that? I will go with that. Um, I agree with with your analysis with Max Duggan and Stenson Bennett. Um, I, I really liked Max Duggan. Again, you know, he had a, he, he you know came onto the scene this year, leading TCU to a national championship. Um, Stenson Bennett to me is interesting. I know he's 25. I know he's practically already the same age as Josh Allen. Um, I know he's kind of like, uh, I'm not sure. But as a backup quarterback, like you said, he knows how to win. He knows a winning culture. He can be a good leader. Um, I also like Max Duggan, too. Uh, the other guy I would maybe just throw in here um, that maybe intrigues me is an Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. Um, I, you know, I got to see a little bit of him this season. He's an interesting prospect. Um, I don't know if I'd love him over, say, Duggan or Bennett. Um, but he's also a guy in the mix, too, as well. I, I, I agree. If the Bills are going to address this position, it's going to be a day three pick. And I would take a flyer on Max Duggan or Stenson Bennett. Why not? I mean, listen, the, the Bills have to prepare for, again, God forbid, if, you know, Josh Allen goes down, both those quarterbacks can run the ball if need be, you know, they certainly are works in progress, but I really like those two as potential backup quarterbacks. Like, like you said, the bills can kind of mold and groom and sort of like, you know, really work into their system. Um, and those guys know how to win and know how to play with adversity. I mean, TCU played with fire all season long. So, you know, Max Duggan especially just knows how to play in tight situations. So there's a lot of experience with those two that could really go well if the Bills decide to go that route in the draft. Yeah, and again, I, they've tried this a little bit. They may not be able to do the, let's get a third quarterback on the roster in the draft because they have other positions of need. You don't know if they're going to be able to address in depth all these other places in free agency that are maybe more necessary. Um, again, if Max Duggan is starting 10 games for you next year, probably your goals are not going to be what you hope that they're going to be for the Buffalo Bills. So you want to maybe focus elsewhere. But, yeah, the quarterback, again, if you're, if you're hedging your bets or you're putting any wagers on it, they're going to put a cheap, 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 cheap number on a veteran. 
because someone wants to go to Buffalo, someone wants to play behind Josh Allen. Look what it did for Mitch Trubisky. Look what it can do for you. Could be Case Keenum again. Wouldn't be surprised, but Bills don't necessarily want to rely on a rookie in a must-win situation or a critical moment if something were to happen to Josh Allen. So they've been hiding from that. But, again, you know, if the player's not there, then don't force it. Next up, Jordan, let's go to the safety position. And we go to the defensive side of the ball. Safety, particularly strong safety. The Bills have Micah Hyde. Um, He's still around. He's still got time. Um, They also have Sierra Neal. DeMar Hamlin is still under contract. And Dane Anderson, the newest free agent, is there. And then uh, Jared Maiden is another one signed off the Jets practice squad. Um, So, yeah, um, you know, that group doesn't look as deep as it once did because the free agents you're looking at are Jaquan Johnson is a free agent. Dean Marlowe is a free agent. They acquired the trade deadline. And, uh, oh, yeah, Jordan Poyer is also a free agent. Um, You know, Dean Marlowe makes a lot of sense for them to bring back to add depth. Jaquan Johnson, the guy they drafted who has had some flashes starting for them, also makes sense to bring back for depth or to be a potential replacement for Jordan Porter if they want to give him a, a realistic shot to compete for safety one, if that's what you want to call it, if they're not bringing Jordan Porter back. But let's be real, the, the main topic of conversation is not – I don't think it's do you want to bring Jordan Porter back. They do. Jordan Porter wants you back. Can you? Is there any way you're able to bring him back? And again, I'm not talking about this in a vacuum. My stance is Tremaine Edmonds is a priority, and that's where your money needs to go. But do you think Jordan Poyer comes back? Do you think they bring back any of those other free agents, or is this going to be a lot of veteran free agents that you're about to add through free agency? So I ultimately believe that the Bills will not bring back Jordan Poyer, and that's not saying that with like an easy, you know, decision. Uh, listen, he has been one of the best safeties in the league. You know, he was an all pro this season, you know, led the team with four interceptions. Um, but the reality is, if the Bills are going to invest money, they're going to do it into Tremaine Edmonds, who is young, who has much more of a longer NFL lifespan. Poyer is 32. He can still play for absolutely sure. There's not a doubt about it. But, you know, we were, you know, at the start of the season, you know, there was, oh, is Jordan Poyer going to get a contract extension? We're thinking, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. The time for that has come and gone. If the Bills were going to do it, they were going to do it then. They haven't. Poyer is going to be gone, and it's going to be really hard to see. But that is the route that they're going to, have to go and this is part of why this is going to be such a rough off season is that these tough decisions are going to have to be made and unfortunately you know Poyer's going to have to walk <clears throat> but in a, in a way too you know we've been talking about this for about a couple seasons now of you know okay Jordan Poyer and Michael Hyde they're great however we might need to start thinking about the future at that safety position. And now it feels like the future is now and they have to start looking at some younger options in terms of replacing and getting new safeties, which is not an easy thing to do, but I I just don't see financially the bills bringing back Jordan Poyer. It just, it's not going to, you know, it's not, I would be shocked if they picked Jordan Poyer over Tremaine Edmonds. I just, I don't see that logically making sense for the Bills. I agree. And that's why I feel like of the list that you, that I read off of other free agents, maybe you look at bringing Jaquan Johnson back if it's affordable. Maybe you look at Dean Marlowe coming back. That's a trickier one because will he get as many snaps? He's a guy that definitely can spot start and start in different teams. He was a starter for Atlanta when you traded for him. Jaquan Johnson, you know, have you seen enough? Do you think his ceiling is worth, uh, you know, the price now of a veteran free agent contract? It's not going to be astronomical, right? And, and I think he deserves a chance to start. But maybe another team that's got a new defensive coordinator who wants to bring in people who come from winning cultures and all that different stuff will, will maybe pay a bigger money. We've seen that in the past with Dean Marlowe when the Lions kind of grabbed him up. So, then you look at the free agents. Okay, you're not going to pay for Jordan Poyer. 
you still want to win now. Maybe there is some people that you'll invest in, but at a lesser cost than Jordan Poyer. So I say that with probably not going to go grab Jesse Bates the third from Cincinnati. Probably not, because he's probably going to cost more than Jordan Poyer, uh, potentially. So where do you go? Um, I will say I still like looking at Cincinnati, maybe a Von Bell. I'm surprised if we get into the weird of Andrew Wingard, a former Jacksonville safety who's young-ish, kind of, you know, spot started here and there, but you maybe put him in a competition with a Jaquan Johnson and see who, who the better man is. Dream scenario, troll scenario, whatever you want to call it, Terrell Edmonds. I mean, that's obvious for me. I would just really, really like to have both Edmonds brothers back there. That would be great. Um, the big name that is also available that will be interesting too would be a guy like Jabril Peppers, someone who can play both both special teams and starting safety and do different things. But again, while an amazing collegiate talent, can't say that it ever really picked up in the NFL. I can't really say he's been an impact player for very long. This free agency list for the veteran free agents for safety, there are guys who have played, but I think that's all it is. It's just there are guys. Unless you see another Jordan Poyer looming out there that, hey, maybe an undervalued guy that we can pay a little more because in our system next to Micah Hyde, you're going to do some amazing things. Um, and there are guys that fit that age piece of it. I do like a Ronnie Harrison from Cleveland. Um, you know, there are guys, but I just don't know if that if it's better to go this veteran route or, again, high draft pick and go go that round. Yeah, I mean, there are some players, I mean, like, the Bills aren't getting Jesse Bates. I mean, you know, the market value for him or Jimmy Ward, you know, th- these are guys that are going to be out of the price range for Buffalo. And so, okay, you're bargain shopping, you know. Terrell Edmonds could make sense. Jabril Peppers could make sense financially. Um you know, but you look at the rest of the list and you're kind of like, eh, you know, maybe a Juan, Juan Thornhill from Kansas City, maybe. But again, that really doesn't move the needle necessarily. Um, so there are options. I agree. Um, and I think the Bills will explore it. But again, I think with this position, I also agree with you. I think they're going to go, if they have the option, a younger route and it just sort of depends, um, you know, again, what they feel with the safety class. I just feel like, again, there are options that are out there that could be very good. But I think they're just out of the price range for the Bills if they're going to address that position. There are other areas that they're going to focus spending their money on this offseason. I'm not saying safety shouldn't be one of those positions because it's definitely needed. However, when you're crunching the numbers... It, it's going to be kind of hard to make that work. It's possible, but I just think they can, you know, put their money and resources to other positions, you know, that are a little bit more of importance than safety. Agreed. And then, and that's why, too, you don't want to necessarily put the pressure on the NFL draft to land a safety that, forces you in a position where you have to make a pick earlier than you want to or trade up to get your guy. That's why, you know, re-sign Jaquan Johnson, re-sign a D. Marlowe. It's not maybe like the long-term answer, but those are guys that you feel comfortable starting for significant stretches of time if you draft a safety who maybe needs more time. Because if we know anything about the draft, it's not like, you know, it's not a straight line. It's not like, oh, that first round are definitely going to be a contributor week one all the way through the playoffs. It, it some guys take longer to develop. Some guys don't. Sean McDermott's more conservative with his rookies than other coaches, which I know frustrates a lot of us at times. But, you know, I can't say that Brandon Bean's done bad drafting safeties. I have liked the way Jaquan Johnson has played at, at various moments. I have liked the way DeMar Hamlin was playing. Um, they've done pretty well, and those are late-round guys. So now I look at the draft and I say, you know what, give me Jaquan Johnson back. Uh, on the cheap, hopefully, or even a Dean Marlowe who wants to win. Now what can we can do in the draft? The, I look to a couple of things. If you go really high in the draft, the top safety on almost every draft board is Brian Branch from Alabama. I'll say maybe if he's there. Um, but the guy I gravitate towards is Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M. I mentioned him a couple of times when we talked about who maybe my favorite draft player is. I'm still leaning him. 
Um, I don't know if it's a first rounder though. I don't know if you need to take him in the first round, but if Brian Branch is off the board and if you want to trade back a couple picks, you can maybe still get him. But then when I watch Antonio Johnson play, I look at someone who's capable of stuffing the run. He has the ability to turn around and deflect the ball. He seems to know where the ball is at all times. Pairing him with a veteran like Micah Hyde, who does some things differently, is going to be really critical to his development and help any of these safeties development. But Antonio Johnson's a lot of the things that Jordan Porter does. If you recall, Porter's not just like a guy they're going to hang out 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and wait and kind of play like a, you know just a zone defense and hope to get an interception. They're moving him into the run game. They're blitzing him. They're making him cover wide receivers and tight ends. They're asking their safety to do a little bit of everything, and that's how they disguise their coverages. So when I've seen Antonio Johnson play at Texas A&M, he can do all of that. But I can't say that he's the only one I like. Again, there's several safeties yeah. that I really, really enjoy. Jamie Robinson from Florida State is another name that you're seeing a lot with the Bills, and a lot, another guy who translates very well to what the Bills want to do. Um, I do like Tanner McAllister from Ohio State as well. Um, there's just some very interesting names here, and there's a couple of Alabama guys. You can go a lot of different ways, but I feel like you can take a safety in the draft and feel pretty good about what you're getting, especially knowing that they're going to be playing with a veteran like Micah Hyde. And I will throw out another name, too, that may not be a round one pick, but maybe like a day two pick, uh, Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame. Um, so he played at Northwestern, and he had a phenomenal freshman and sophomore campaign at Northwestern. Um, really strong safety. He was like an All-American. You know, he transferred to Notre Dame this season, and the Irish didn't have that great of a season. So a lot of people didn't get to see Brandon Joseph, but he has been a guy that's kind of been on my radar for about a couple of seasons now. Um, I really, really like him as a guy that could come in. Again, he's a little, you know, 6'1", so he's got that nice safety size, um, very high IQ, uh, football IQ. Um, someone that is, again, I think one of the best plays um, was go back a couple of years ago. You can see like two or three years ago, Northwestern and Ohio State were in the Big Ten Championship. And Brandon Joseph makes this one-handed, unreal interception in the end zone. Um, super athletic guy. Um, so it, Brandon Joseph's someone that I would I would be super happy with if the Bills got in like the second or third round because he's again he's not a round one guy. He's going to be more of like a round two, round three kind of prospect. But he's someone that I have on my radar. Um, for the Bills, um, I agree with you too. Antonio Johnson could also be a very likely pick if they go the safety route. Um, but I'm very high on Brandon Joseph. Um, I just I think he would be a tremendous fit culture wise for the Bills, you know, positionally, athletically. Uh, he could be someone that I think could be a really good addition to them, especially as in that second and third round pick where, you know, they need to find value. This is someone that could be really good value in round two or round three. Yeah, and I really do like that pick, too. Again, if you're looking for traits, especially day two, day three, Brandon Joseph has that, you know, kind of in spades. And, again, playing at Northwestern, playing in Notre Dame, you're playing at some – you're playing as NFL competition at wide receiver and tight end at those – as your opponents do. So there's plenty of film to see how they match up and how they develop. All right, Jordan, let's move to our next favorite segment, which is my favorite mock. This week, we're going to go to CBSSports.com, and, and I think Chris Trapasso, who has this one – um, that he published just a couple, I think it was just today, actually, as we're recording wow. this. Um, but Chris Tapasso has it on the CBSSports.com website. Um, and, Jordan, if you haven't read it yet, let's just start I, off with I this. just saw the first he, pick, uh, and I'm like, no. Uh-huh. Well, not only that, but if you go above to, like, okay, let me give you some variables. So the draft happens after free agency, right? So he just goes, hey, let me just tell you where all these quarterbacks are going to go. So he put Derek Carr on the Saints. He put Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, Lamar Jackson to the Commanders, and Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. So, so let's just start off with: Dude was having a great time writing this. I'm, you know, I'm not saying drugs were involved, but <laughs> it's possible. It's not out of the realm of possibility. He's like, hey, let's just flip a coin and me drew some names out of a hat and called it a day. Um, but yes, and then like you said, he set it up. Let's get into his mock draft because. Again, I'm looking for mock drafts where the Bears trade down. That just seems so logical that between the Texans, Cardinals, not, not, not Cardinals, the Texans and Colts, 
even the Raiders potentially. Someone wants to move up. The Bears have the number one overall pick. There are quarterbacks that are worth taking that high and teams that desperately need it. Um, and in this case, the Bears move back with the Colts. Okay, that's normal. That, that seems logical. Um, but then they go with Anthony Richardson from Florida. No. The number one pick in the draft. Um, Jordan. No. I, I love chaos. I really hope that's the case. I, I, I don't, I get that, again, when you talk about Will Levis, I'm talking about a person like, hey, when you see him at the combine, he's going to go crazy off the board, right? But maybe not on film. Anthony Richardson, I don't get it. I was not that impressed seeing Florida that much. But, again, a guy who has the size, the hands, the throw power, the mobility, you're going to look at some individual throws just in a vacuum and be like, man, he can make that throw? Got to get him. I mean, I'm going to get my hand and I'm mold him. Um, Anthony Richardson, one overall, would be, would be shocking at best. But if he goes to the Colts where I get to watch all the fans try to figure out how to make sense of this, that would be perfect for me. My, my, my day would be made. I'd be happy with that one. What are, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, by the way, Bryce Young goes to the Texans and then Jalen Carter to the Cardinals. And like we thought, Bears, if you're in that top four, probably getting Carter or Anderson, they're happy to get Will Anderson. What do you, what do you think of that top four? How's that, how's that working for you right now? Uh, bad. I don't like it. Uh, listen, um, in terms of quarterbacks, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud seem like the only two safe options. I mean, again, you're a Kentucky guy. You've, you know, you saw Will Levis. You, you saw your fair share of Anthony Richardson. Um, I've seen just a little bit of the tape of Anthony Richardson. I'm not like I can kind of see what teams may be seeing, but I'm not, I don't really get why he seems to be like a first round pick. Like I'm just confused more than anything. Um, unless Anthony Richardson again, lights up the combine and goes, Oh my good golly, Miss Molly. He's throwing dimes. He's got, you know, speed and strength. Uh, this isn't happening. Um, you know, the other picks seem plausible, but I, I I don't know if you're the Colts, you're going to pick Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. No, I don't see it. I don't see it either. I mean, it's good for conversation and clickbait, maybe if nothing else, but there's nothing on film that makes me think consistently, this is someone I want to put the number one overall pick. And of course, if you're trading up for it, you're giving up assets to get this individual. Sure. He could be similar to Jalen Hurts, I guess, but Jalen Hurts won a lot of games in college. Jalen Hurts was a pretty phenomenal player in college for parts of his career. Anthony Richardson, I don't think was that for Florida, um, unless he was playing like no-name school, you know, Southwest Carolina upstate, you know, that's not really the same thing. Um, but then this mock draft does continue. Will Levis goes to the Panthers at five. Again, Jordan, I'm telling you, my, my stance on this is simple. I'm not saying he's going to be a great quarterback. I'm not going to put my stock in his evaluation whatsoever, except for the fact he's going to measure insanely well. And there's going to be a GM that drools all over this guy. And, and like all these quarterbacks, especially quarterback more than maybe any other position, right team, right system, right amount of patience, these guys have the talent they can develop and do the right things. And we've seen it in so many different scenarios. I don't think it's a formula that it's easy to replicate it all the time, but you know, go to Carolina with Frank Wright. Who knows what happens And this mock draft at round pick eight, CJ Stroud goes to the giants. Would anybody be surprised if he was the best quarterback in this draft? If he goes to the giants with Brian Dable, you know, that would not shock anybody. Right. Um, and it just means that he went to a better situation than the other guys. Anyway, we continue down this mock draft. There's some wide receivers pretty high. Jordan Addison going to 12 to the Houston Texans. That's a little bit nerve-wracking. Uh, Brian Branch, the safety we talked about from Alabama, the top one goes to the Packers. Uh, let's keep going. Da, 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 da. Moving on down. Got Jalen Hyatt, someone we've mocked in the past of the build at 21 to the Chargers. Joey Porter Jr., cornerback going to the Ravens, who I do like quite a bit. Another wide receiver going to the Vikings, Jackson Smith and Njiba. Um, <laughs> and then we get, my pronunciation is perfect. 
And then we get to the Bills. At pick 27, they go to the SEC, and they go with Broderick Jones, offensive tackle. Um, Jordan, not going to find me complaining about drafting an offensive lineman at all. And they noticeably draft dudes that are guys that win getting off the bus. And at 6'4", 310, he's going to be right there with Spencer Brown and, and be right there uh, getting off the bus, dominating in terms of the look. Um, Jordan, not sure your thoughts on this one, but offensive tackle first round, what do you think for the Bills or Broderick Jones in general? Um, I don't know much about Broderick Jones, but again, the college football machine that is Georgia will produce a lot of talent. Um, I have no problem with the position. Um, my only worry is again with Brandon Bean's evaluation of offensive linemen, you know, you're like, maybe he'll work this time. Um, it's not good. Yeah, it's not great. On that particular position, no. Um, but, you know, as they say, uh, what is it? A, a blind squirrel can find a nut every now and then. Um, so maybe. Um, I just, I, I agree with the position, but I worry with Brandon Bean's history of drafting offensive linemen that it's like, it he could be good, but uh, track record so far with Brandon Bean hasn't uh, yielded success in terms of offensive linemen. Uh, so agree with the position. Just hope Brandon Bean does his homework all extensively on offensive linemen in the draft this offseason. Well, this was also a trick for you because while you're agreeing with the position, you didn't scroll down and see who was still on the board at 29 know, and 30 Bijan because they Flowers is there from Boston College at 29 and wide receiver. And then Bijan Robinson is there at 30 going to the Eagles. Um, again, the position makes a lot of sense. You have to protect Josh Allen. If you want a better running game, there's no doubt that the offensive line has to be consistently better at run blocking, opening holes for the running backs not the Josh Allen running back, the other running backs. They have to open holes for. They have to give Josh Allen protection against some of the more elite defenses at times, which they've struggled with. Um, but, you know, I think there's, this is going to be a very controversial pick if you look at Zay Flowers and B. John Robinson particularly, two pretty strong talent at playmaker positions. But I don't think wide receiver or running back maybe have the impact that a really, really strong offensive lineman selection will have on this offense. If they can get another strong offensive lineman, particularly a young one, Mitch Morse ain't getting any younger, Jordan. Roger Saffle ain't getting any younger. Deion Dawkins is already in his long-term deal. He ain't getting any younger. I'm not saying these guys are close to retirement, but they need to inject some youth at that position group, and they need to find some cheaper ways to make that starting unit go. But this would be a very uh, challenging pick for Bills fans because it, you'd have to see it work out um, to feel good about it. Um, and then, of course, yeah, uh, Darnell Wright wraps it up with the Chiefs going to going to the Chiefs at 31. Jordan, he even gets into his second round. Um, you know, there's some names like there always are in the second round. My boy, uh, Antonio Johnson, goes to the Saints. Um, and then they have the Bills picking uh, Parker Washington, a wide receiver from Penn State, in the second round. So, Jordan, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this mock draft in general. I'll say this mock draft maybe mocks Bills fans when you look at both rounds one and two in terms of certain players that you may want happening right after the Bills pick. But then again, that's every draft, isn't it? There's always guys that, that make it to day two that you're like, how'd that happen? Um and they turn out to be pretty good players, and some don't. So any thoughts on this mock draft as we as we wrap this one up? I, I will say this. Like, February mock drafts are always so just inaccurate. Like, it, you know, it's clickbaity. It's splashy. It's not realistic. Um, we have to get through the combine and then free agency before we start getting a better, more realized mock draft. So I'm not here for clickbaity sort of like, oh, Anthony Richardson's going one kind of mock drafts. We're in that lull and we're waiting for actual tangible things to happen. And this is just clickbaity mock drafts. And it's like, oh, this could be fun. But we have to get back to reality at some point. And once we get through the combine and then the you know free agency period, then again, that kind of uh, image will become a lot more clearer and focused. 
Yeah, but we clicked it anyway. And if you want to click on it as well, it's CBSSports.com. Chris Trapasso has it up there. Um, he has breakdowns for each of why he made his first-round picks, and then the second round is just kind of listed um, along the way. All right, Jordan, we've done a lot of draft talk this episode, but now let's go around the NFL. I'm not going to go into the AFCs because not much has been happening. We're waiting for some big cuts maybe from some of those other teams around the AFCs, but let's talk about what's been happening around the NFL of late. And I think first and foremost, the Denver Broncos. The defensive coordinator search was a hot topic once they got Sean Payton. Um, like I said, Rex Ryan interviewed there. Their former head coach, Vance Joseph, is the one who's going to be the new defensive coordinator. They interviewed Matt Patricia. Um, he was up there for a little bit, too. Um, but I don't want to know if you want to get into Vance Joseph himself, who last came from Arizona. But maybe is it awkward or not awkward that the former one-year head coach, or maybe is there two years, Vance Joseph, is now back as a defensive coordinator in a relatively short period of time. It's not like it's been 10 years and all the new things have happened, but there is new ownership. Is it awkward if you were Vance Joseph going back to mile high or, or no? No, because again, most of the blame will be on Sean Payton. So he can just be kind of in the back being like, listen, I'm trying to do my part. I'm not the head coach anymore. It's Sean. So he can kind of pass the buck over to him. I mean, the Broncos, I'm not really sure what the Broncos are doing, to be honest. Uh, they are a little funny. If, if I can say that much, that it is not a, um, huh. I don't have much confidence if I'm a Broncos fan right now. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, you're banking on Sean Payton fixing Russell Wilson. And there's some, there's some, uh, some genesis to that happening. I mean, there's some history with Sean Payton for sure. Um, but you're banking on that. There's, there's no other way to put it next up. Um, hey, people are getting cut. That means there's options available, and one of them is at the linebacker position. Bobby Wagner was cut by the Los Angeles Rams today after one season. Um, that's a big-time name. Obviously, his best years are probably a little bit behind him, but you know, I don't know what your thoughts on this one. If the Bills have any interest, if you think you still got something left in the tank, Bobby Wagner represents a potential stopgap if he can't sign Tremaine Edmonds. He's a guy that has won a lot of games. He's been a captain in a lot of different places. He's played in some not extreme conditions, but he's played in Seattle for a large portion of his career. Um, won Super Bowls. This is a guy that you could put, I could easily see people plugging in next to Matt Milano. What's the price tag? You never know. But again, Tremaine Edmonds is not a guarantee to come back, even though you and I think that he will. Um, but he is a big name. So what are your thoughts on Bobby Wagner being cut by the Rams? Or maybe the Rams are continuing their uh, rebuild or tank? But I'm not sure what they're doing yet. I'm not really sure either. I mean, Bobby Wagner is an interesting name, right? If, God forbid, they don't bring back Tremaine. Um, you know, it could, again, price range. It all depends on it. But uh, I would gladly accept Bobby Wagner on the bills. I think that is certainly a positive signing if that could happen. Um the Rams, I think they, you know, they went all in for the Super Bowl a year ago and it paid off. But now um, they regress. They don't have draft picks. Their cap space is tight. So it's sort of a cautionary tale of you can go all in for the Super Bowl and then winning it was great. But then be prepared to uh, pay that Super Bowl price tag. And the Rams are uh, currently paying that right now. Yeah, and that's what's interesting is how long will Alicia's less need get because he said F them picks, and they got their Super Bowl. They, they hit Pater, but how does ownership view that? I mean, you knew what you were sacrificing when you gave up those picks. You signed all those massive contracts that they did. Um, very interesting to me, the dynamic of ownership and GM, to see if that really buys him a long leash to, to turn this thing around because he knew it was going to be a long uphill battle to get back to the, uh, the dance. Another cut that happened that's interesting, the Titans are making some cuts. Oh, yeah. Robert Woods is a free agent. Taylor Lewan is a free agent. Um, obviously, former Buffalo Bill, Robert Woods, he would fit in with the veteran mold of the Jameson Crowders of the world that they've had in the past. Um, any thoughts on that? I, these, are, these are pure salary cap cuts, too. Um, Taylor Lewan, maybe not so much with some of the injury history that he's had. Robert Woods, pretty high up there in age. I just think the Titans need to do a full rebuild, but they have a new GM. They're trying to clear some cap space so they don't have to trade Derrick Henry to the Bills, like some people think. Um, 
But what are your thoughts on Robert Woods? Do you think he has anything left? Is he fit for Buffalo, or, or maybe does he go somewhere else? Um, I don't see it. I mean, I think the ship sailed for Robert Woods. I mean, again, I think the Bills need to go younger at that position. Robert Woods is a fine receiver. Um, I think the Bills have better options to go for than Robert Woods, to be honest. Um, kind of love the sentimental value. Don't get me wrong. Um, he can. He's still a productive receiver, but I think if the Bills are going to be addressing this position, which they will be, I think there are some younger and better, cheaper options available. Yeah, I agree. The only way you bring Robert Woods in is if you're really wanting a veteran slot player. But again, you don't you want to block Khalil Shakir for getting more reps. I'd, I'd like to see him develop and, and where that kind of blossoms. But again, you need depth at every position. Robert Woods, you really don't want him playing every snap at his age for 18 games plus, 70 games plus playoffs. So maybe you bring him in and he can do a couple different positions. He, he fits in a lot of ways, but that's if you're like, hey, we got to bring John Brown back. We got to bring Cole Beasley back. Maybe Robert Woods would make more sense. But um, yes, yeah, see what happens. But not, not you know, anxious to reminisce, although I do like Robert Woods. Next up, the Commanders. They got themselves an offensive coordinator this week, and it is former Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, um, He takes over in Washington to help Sam Howell become the guy. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't think that's going to be the case. They're, they're going a free agent or draft. I don't think they're going to go into the season with Sam Howell or bust. Um, but what do you think of the fit there with the commanders? Obviously, Ron Rivera has some ties to that Andy Reid tree. But, um, you know, do you think he's able to turn things around? Do you think this is what gets him a head coaching job? I can't help but think, Jordan, this is very this is a very cautionary tale for the NFL. It's very it's a bad look. I know Eric Bieniemy has some historical transgressions, maybe. There's some rumors that there's some things in his past, but man, they have to be some pretty damning rumors because this is a guy who has been the offensive coordinator for maybe the best offense in the NFL the past five years, multiple Super Bowl champions, has Patrick Mahomes to show for in terms of his QB development. Yes, Andy Reid is still there, but man, we've seen other coordinators with other offensive guru head coaches get jobs well before being in with much less resumes. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Maybe just is it the fit or is it just maybe what it says for the NFL and other owners not being able to give this guy a head coaching job? Um, I, listen, I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard a lot of things about Eric Bieniemy in terms of him just being a bad interview. Again, whether this is true or not is all up to speculation. Um, I think for me, it's going to be interesting now with the Chiefs because Eric Bieniemy's just been there for years and years and years. Um, and now he's finally gone. You know, I don't expect the Chiefs to necessarily drop off. Um, obviously not, but. It is going to be interesting now, again, with a different offensive coordinator, you know, does things, how do things change a little bit, you know? Like, now, you know, the coordinators for Kansas City have remained for quite some time with Biennemi and Steve Spagnola on the defense. Now they lose their offensive coordinator, and now sort of like, okay, what kind of changes are there going to be? Do the Chiefs have some, you know hiccups here and there I don't know um but Eric Bieniemy was part of that core that brought Kansas City to prominence so it'll be an interesting shift if there is any in Kansas City I think they'll still be fine but you know you lose an offensive coordinator that can throw uh you know that can throw things off a little bit well they're gonna go back to Matt Nagy hopefully that would be great why 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 not just go back there but, yeah, I mean, if you have success or if he has, like, a Brian Dable-esque turnaround in Washington, then you almost can't deny, bad interview or not, you can't deny that he's got somehow the magic touch to get the most out of players. Um, I don't always think the best coordinators make the best head coaches. I think we've seen that not work out in the past. Um, but I do think, I mean, resume, compared to some of these other guys getting jobs, I'm not sure what team they're looking for. It's very confusing to me. But Washington's a very – Jordan, that's a very challenging offense to try to find a way to, to take something. I mean, man, if you get 20 points a game in that offense, and yeah, make him an owner for that matter. Why not? 
Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens there. Interesting, but he had to go. If he wants that coaching job, he can't get one staying in Kansas city. I feel like that much at least is clear. Fair or not. That's just the way it is right now for Eric Bieniemy. All right, Jordan, let's end on this one because I really got nothing else at this point in time, but, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he went into the blackout. He has emerged. He has come out. We have not heard from him yet. We don't know what's going on, what he's thinking. Um, Jordan, the clarity, do you get clarity and say, man, I can't wait to go to the Jets? Um, How much time do you think passes before we figure out what Aaron Rodgers does? And, and again, whether you like Aaron Rodgers or not, I think the big thing for a lot of us to understand in terms of that free agent market for quarterbacks, the Derek Carrs and other things, Aaron Rodgers has to be the first domino to fall, right? I mean, you're waiting to see what he does. Does he go to the Packers? Okay, now the Jets and Giants and other teams can go other places. But it's Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. I mean, you see what those two guys are doing, what their availability is, and then everyone else can figure out the rest from there. I, uh, he's so weird. Why is Aaron Rodgers, I've returned from the darkness and I've searched clear. Like, just make a decision. I, he's so extra. I, uh, I mean, I hope he makes a decision soon because will he? Probably not. He'll draw it out. He'll go on Pat McAfee's show and be like, I saw in my soul a sign. It was green. Was it green and white or green and yellow? I I don't care, dude. Like, I know, like, the ramifications of it, but I'm just hoping he makes a decision soon because I am sick of this nonsense. Well, I'm hoping he makes a decision for Derek Carr to have a home because Derek Carr has already come out and said, it's going to be a while, guys. And I don't know if that's because of Derek Carr or if that's because he's trying to, like, play the market. And the market is, hey, the Packers are available if Rodgers retires and moves on. Hey, the Ravens, I mean, you got to let these other bigger fish fall and let teams kind of squabble over them. But, yeah, don't really care. Just just letting you know he's out. He's in the world. He's moving around. He's, he's kind of lurking around. He's immunized somewhere. Um, all that good stuff that Aaron Rodgers is doing that's kind of weird. And he'll pop up on the McAfee show, like you said, probably next week. But, Jordan, that's all I have for us this week. There's a lot of content, but we're getting ready because the Combine is coming up in a week or so. All right. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Two Bills in a Pod. Thank y'all for listening, as always. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, at Two Bills in a Pod. Facebook and Twitter, at Two Bills in a Pod. Daniel on Twitter, at GreatBeardHan. Me, Jordan, at OzMcGee44. We will talk to you next week, and peace out. See ya.